This episode of the Crown Refs podcast is brought to you by RefereeStore.com. To save 15% on all United Attire products, enter Crown15 at checkout. We hope you enjoy this episode and do us one last favor before you listen. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. Don't judge your or your partner's calls during the game. Save that for the film review. The time to judge plays and learn from your games is during film breakdown. We use this time to learn and build confidence in our own abilities. During the game, however, don't judge their calls. Trust their judgment and focus on simply owning your primary and helping out on the secondary when needed. Happy Thursday to everybody. Hope you guys are having a, a wonderful day. Can't thank you enough uh, for tonight and wanting to learn uh, about officiating. Um, I feel like the group just keeps getting stronger and stronger by the week. So, you know, I'm really grateful for everybody and the way you guys contribute on uh, Discord and just the camaraderie we have. Um, I've mentioned it before, but it's just something I'm always going to talk about because that's what that's like the uh, the fuel for everything, you know. So today we're going to talk about about partnering. And uh, I'm going to screen share and pull up an older article. Well, it's an article I wrote about a year ago when I had first started uh, building out content on Patreon. So we're going to pull up, pull it up. Now, hopefully you guys are using the search feature here where you can go. You could search specific content or, uh, you know, general topics. So I'm going to type in your article there's about 100 or actually 213 categories which is way too much so hopefully that doesn't confuse anybody too much i'll try to cut that down definitely don't need 213 categories but uh you got enough you got enough there i think i uh, labeled this one actually magazine when i first started writing the articles on patreon i was calling the articles crown ref magazine So I have this, you know, I'm going to I'm going to pretty much read a lot of this article and, and get through it. It'll probably be 10, 15 minute read tops. Um, but this will establish the framework for then our discussions on top of that. And I'll probably call on some of you after reading a couple of these just to give me your hot takes and your takeaways and maybe just think of ways this situation has applied to you. But ultimately, I want to, you know, just speak on being the bigger person all the time, being the partner everybody wants to work with. But then I also want to hear your guys' feedback on situations and partners that you're uncomfortable with that, you know, rubs you the wrong way, or just simply you're trying to just figure out how you could handle it better from a communications point of view, just from a human relations point of view. So at any time, if you guys feel like, you know, you want to unmute and put, or put something through the chat, I'll uh, be more than happy to go back and forth with you. Carmela, how you doing? Fantastic. How are you guys? We're doing well. Um, actually, would, would you guys mind if you took turns actually reading maybe a bullet or two each? Um, my voice is a little raspy, so maybe you guys can give me, give me a few subs. I'll, I'll take it, and then we could just kind of go down. 
So know the difference. So these are 25 tips to help you be a great partner. Um, that I think these are easy tips you guys can immediately implement in, in your games and, and in your relationships with your partners. So just knowing the difference between being a good partner and being a great partner. I think about those two words a lot and how they're kind of far away from each other. We want to just do it, be great, you know, in life and everything we do. So going above and beyond to be be great at at partnering and the art of working with a crew, you know, in a professional setting, such as officiating where, where we're at. So good is the enemy of great. That's a mindset topic, you know, so just strive for that. Um, being good is good, but being content with being good prevents you from being great and limits your potential as a person. So that's just pretty much a macro theme of how we want the outcome to be. Um, number two, be kind and treat everyone with respect. I know you guys hear me talk a lot about kindness. I'm going to be hitting on a lot of those traits because they're way bigger than officiating. And if you can just grasp them, they trickle down into so many different areas of your life. And it makes, I think, officiating much easier. So treating everyone with respect and the ability to be kind to everyone all the time is a big pillar of strength. And I think kindness comes in the face of negativity. Real kindness comes in the face of negativity um, and like under pressure because everybody's kind when it's going good. Everybody's kind on their birthday or when they're doing something that they like, you know? So just think about that bigger person, hashtag bigger person. Um, Carmela, can you read three? I mentioned golf. I think you're a golfer. Yes, sir. Uh, this isn't golf where you can do it alone. You need great partners and should surround yourself with a strong inner circle to excel at this craft. Uh, do you want me to read the whole thing? Sure. Okay. All right. Mentors are a gateway for higher level growth and development. Choose wisely. Be open to constructive criticism, especially as a young referee. Just working your games and going home won't help you get better. Find officials that are much better than you and observe as many of their games as possible. Look to others for advice and feedback. Ask your veteran partners what you can do to become a better referee. Don't be embarrassed to show your inexperience or say, I don't know. Humility is the character trait to build on top of. You know, I'm, I'm a teacher and I'm, I'm going over these, what I'm calling superpowers. And I, I, you might have seen me post it, that really colorful word chart. And humility is our word of the week. And it, it's, it's great when you highlight a word of the week for me, you know, in teaching the kids is I'm able to really go inside of now all these words and actually look up the definition and teach the definition and teach, you know, how to, sh how to show it and examples. So just think of these powerful traits that can, that are really going to help you um, with everything. You know, uh, we obviously have the mentor community down pat. So as far as some of this content in number three, like we have all of that. I think I'm speaking more to your guys' location and the partners that you work with and the physical in-person, you know, setting that you guys are around. So just just obviously picking the right crew. And, and now that we have all of this content that we have access to, you know, I want you guys to go out and share as much of it as possible and, and just start teaching, um, you know, as much as you can with your circle, with your inner circle and, and picking the right, the right crew and the right people to be around.
Um, who, who, who wants to read number four? I'll read it again. Thanks. No one wants to step up. <laughs> um, I was going to step up. I just can't get on mute fast enough. Ah, gotcha. Go for it. Understand the game pecking order. The game comes first. Our partners second. We come last. A. Doing what's right for the game should always be the top priority and no other individual or part participant can come before it. Taking care of your partners should come second. Never, never putting yourself before your partners or the game is one way that you will become known as someone who is great with to work with. So this is something you guys have heard, I'm sure, before, and it's just a selfless approach. And when we speak about the game coming first, the game almost acts as a guide and it, it makes our decisions easier when you're mapping it to the game and not to anybody else that, you know, doesn't come in, in front of the game. When we speak about the game, it's like the cumulative effect of all the participants that are in it. And, and we all make up way more than what just we are in our individual roles. So I just think it's a good mindset thing to think about because it's going to make your decisions easy. Um, you know, those hard plays where you can ask yourself, hey, what's best for the game here? You know, that that's a great self-talk, positive self-talk to apply. Um, all right, Carmel, back to you. Leadership tip. Credit the crew when you do well, but you take the blame when the crew fails. Giving compliments back to your crew helps build their confidence. It shows that you can be a leader slash crew chief and that you care more about your crew and the game than the great block charge call you had with three seconds left in the game. Yeah, so I mean, have the confidence to be able to take a compliment you know, right? And and not always defer like, ah, oh, I wasn't that good. But you, you could still be confident and still credit your crew. Uh, that's just something to think about when you guys are getting complimented. Always just kind of throw it back on the team. It's just a humble approach and it's just a better overall strategy for team building. Um, shows that you can be a leader, crew chief, and you care more about your crew. Yeah, just caring more than they care about us. Is a, is a mindset tip for you guys to kind of kind of what I what I tell everybody who's in, interested in joining the team is I want to over deliver for you, you know I want to outvalue you, so think about that outvaluing the people that we come come into contact with whether it's officials or people you work with or your family. Uh, Sally, can you read number six? We got a happiness hack. Sure, sure. happiness hack number one. Don't compare anyone else's career path to your own. That's called jealousy and envy. And those are two bad character, character traits to own. Someone else getting hired has nothing to do with your career path. And it will only keep you from, it'll only keep you looking down and looking back. We be the first to congratulate your friends and colleagues for moving up and always show a genuine appreciation for their accomplishments. Yeah, it's always nice when you get that first phone call from from an official you didn't expect when you like either get a game that you wanted or move up to a league uh, as a new hire. So be that person that does that. 
and you know as far as comparing yourself that uh that's a recipe for unhappiness you know it's the thief of joy when you compare yourself or anybody's life to your own everybody's out here worried about everybody else's life you know just focus on what you can control and don't let anybody else's career talent level experience level have a negative impact on you that makes sense jay Yes, sir. Love it. Um, seven, we got a happiness hack number two, Carmela. Got you. Oh, we're giving it to all the girls, man. All right. I like that you stepped up. Take it. <laughs> happiness hack number two. Be happy for your partner's success, especially if they moved up for the spot in which you were expecting to get hired. This shows that you have a great emotional strength and makes you a high character individual. Don't play loser ball. Your fellow official getting hired doesn't mean they took your spot. It means they earned it and it's not your time yet. You should continue to develop and work on yourself because remember, they have nothing to do with you. Just so just do you. Well said, it's piggybacking off the last one, part six. But uh, humility sums it all up right there. Just, and it's so important to con- consistently <clears throat> self-talk like this at least for me it is it keeps me on track it's almost like you're you're coaching yourself when you're when you're self-talking like this um so yeah humility superpower uh number eight make sure you're a great partner online this really isn't for you guys because you obviously know the etiquette um by not leaving any negative social comments yeah I, i wrote this um this is particular for all the people on instagram and facebook you guys obviously came over so you embody everything that we're doing. So you already know all about this. Uh, number nine, partner snack pack is something I did. Um, the first year I had crown refs and it was one of like the most popular posts with engagement that I got. Everybody was sharing it and then people were kind of doing it. I, mean, I don't want to say around the country, but there's definitely a few pockets of people that, that did it. And um, one partner I worked with did did a way more elaborate snack pack than mine but it's just some water bottles some gum like some energy bars or protein bars mints cough drops that's just what i did but you still do that paul yeah i'm gonna do it do it again this year it's you know it's gotten a little bit smaller over the years but i bring a pretty nice ziploc bag uh, of those snacks because i like to chew gum like in the pregame i like to have cough drops during the game that's just me um but yeah, it's just a nice thing to do. Anybody else do that at all yet? I took one of our rookies to dinner. That's very nice, but that's not the partner snack pack. <laughs> no, it was just, just, you know, I thought about doing it. It was her first year, first game. So, you know, even if you have a pack of gum to offer, just something to offer is just nice. So that's just something I did that I'm sharing with you guys. Um, Carmela, take number 10, please. You better have their back, even if they don't have yours. Even if you feel a crewmate isn't a good partner or doesn't like or trust you, this is still a vital opportunity to show strength as a partner because it's not easy to do so in this situation. Big person type stuff. Do you have the maturity to do that? Or are you spiteful that they don't do it to you? Um, you know, ideally, we're going to be working with solid partners as you move up. As you move up, I think the partners get better. I think that's safe to say. 
So, you know, you know, once you guys get to the level you're going to be at, you know, stuff like this, it might not occur as much, but definitely on the high school level, this is huge. And, and it applies to me in all, in all my games too. So it's really, it's really for any, anybody on any level, but, um, you know, I always tell people, if, if people don't trust you, it doesn't mean that we're not going to trust them. Just because someone isn't nice to you doesn't mean we're not going to be nice to them. So going above and beyond and uh, just providing value for our partners and having their back, even if they don't have yours. And that comes in on the court, I think, a lot in those very hotly contested plays or when a coach is yelling or shouting, stuff like that, you know, having our partners back. I had, a, I had my partners back last night. Um, you know, coach shouted, coach shouted right in his direction. Um, no way after a call, no way. So I'm, I'm starting to use less and less verbal judo, to be honest with you. And I, the rapid responses, I think, are becoming a little bit less with the notion that sportsmanship is paramount. And it's like, we're going to respond to them and try to deescalate, but we're not going to do that like two or three times. We should not be going back and forth, back and forth with coaches. But anyway, I just simply, I didn't even say anything to the coach. Just boop, 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 boop. That's a warning on sporting. Please put it in the book. White coach has been warned. Partners, white coach has been warned. And then inbound the ball. So stepping up in those situations for our partners, if we have to give the coach a warning or a technical foul, shows that you really have their back. Because that's not going to happen all the time for you. Um, number 11, establishing a non-basketball-related pregame report. You know, we talk about ask, asking about um, you guys' family. Same thing in the locker room. That's a great way to break the ice and start on that real personal level, develop um, cohesiveness and trust. You know, don't go into the locker room with partners you've never met and immediately talk basketball. Um, that's not the strategy I recommend. Ask about their family, their career, their their day, what they like to do. Um, getting to know them personally first. Um, Jay, why don't you take this one, number 12. Uh, number 12. Don't leave the court without your partner and don't stay on the court after a hostile game. Indianapolis story of a fisher being assaulted. A Leaving the court with your partner shows great togetherness and it helps to keep others safe, especially in AAU rec ball and weekend tournament environments. Facts. Yeah, so I wrote this right around the time of that attack uh, a year and a half back. I don't know if you saw it, Jay. Did you see it where the partner left the court and then his partner got in a fight or got jumped? Yeah, I've seen that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just pretty simple. Just stay with them until we leave the court you know don't leave without him i had a partner do that to me one time in a college game it kind of shocked me early on in my career and i have to stop dwelling about it too i have to <laughs> when i think of this official i should not be dwelling about that or i should be not be looking looking at him negatively which i'm not anymore but these little things you know you can't let them rub you the wrong way it's stuff we would never do here's a really good tactical tip i know we're going real big picture tonight but just utilize the power of saying great call partner it's something that had a big impact on me early on when a when a you know teammate did that to me and now i try to do that pretty consistently actually pretty pretty much every game i'm saying that to my partners so when working with your partners you've never worked with uh, this is for anyone but 
most especially those partners you never work with because that's how you really make that positive first impression so when you're working with partners you never worked with before or when you're working with a younger official be sure to give them positive reinforcement on their few first calls doesn't matter if you like them or not this will boost the officials confidence and help build chemistry with the crew in your next game on your partner's first foul of the game when you walk by them as you switch say great call partner this compliment in the moment of a foul right when they're not expecting it will go a long way in creating that that trust and likability connor have you ever done this to someone and or has this happened to you and how'd you react yeah this is something i'll use like i know we talked before like especially like if the coach is upset i might say it but it's normally something i use pretty regularly as we're switching and i'm walking by hey good good get partner good call or something like that and i think it's something we need more of because i don't really hear a lot of my other partners saying it but it's always refreshing when you work with someone and they're positively reinforcing you and you can speak about that because you play baseball and that's a big part of the culture with teammates in baseball you guys are always pepping each other up right so it would make sense for us to do it with officiating yeah for sure um has someone ever done that to you and can you remember how it made you feel yeah i remember this was probably my first year officiating i worked with a partner for the first time and i haven't even worked with him since but it was a middle school game and he was a varsity college official and he was just extremely humble you know and he would just hey good call partner and he just helped me out and it was a it was just a good game good time and, and and i want to just go deep on it because i want to show the effect that it has like what do you think about this particular partner like since then as far as your perception and your mind of him yeah well i haven't had the chance to work with him again but just like since that game like that's the partner i'm trying to be now especially like if i'm working with like new people and like one of my college teammates actually i put through the discord for the test answers for the national federation test i just went over to his house last night he's like hey will you come help me with the test and i went over to his house and we talked through some rules and signals and just officiating really yeah so well, uh, yes sir nope, go. i was just gonna say that it doesn't even have to be that huge call um and for me, you know, because so much of what we do is really about confidence. Uh, I can just remember times when somebody has said it to me, it, it was just a, a standard call. But that, that comment lifts your confidence. And it not only is it great partnering, but it just elevates the game for us as officials. We're more confident in our next call because, hey, somebody acknowledged that I made a call. It, I'm just saying we don't have to reserve it for those special moments. It can be a common phrase and it, it really helps the game. That's a great point. You're 100% right. It works in any situation for any type of foul, whether it's a random foul that you catch them off guard and they're like, wow, he thought that was a great call. Okay, maybe it was. You know, or the critical one where you're giving them the reinforcement in that moment. So I'm happy that Ken and uh, Connor were able to just talk about it because I just want to show the effect that it has of us you know, doing these things, doing these small things and the difference that we're making. 
So um, number 14, never allow coaches to talk negatively about our partners. If they yell at you, they yell at the crew. Remember, if they're shouting at the your partner, they're shouting at you. So take that same approach, that same mentality. Um, you know, never allow coaches to talk negatively about our partners without responding. Excuse me. I was thinking about something today. Uh, one thing that I think makes me successful communicator with coaches is I change the topic whenever I feel like I need to. I'll say that again. I change the topic whenever I feel like I need to because I control the topics when I'm speaking with them. I get final say on what we're talking about. So that could come into play where they want they want to talk about a play, you know, a block charge play, but the way they're communicating and the manner that they're doing so, that's something that I know I have leverage in now making the conversation about that because that is more important. Um, in my mind, it is, or at least it allows us to, you know, run the game and dictate the terms of the dialogue. So think about that changing the topic back to number a defend your partners like you would want them to defend you. We must uphold the values of respect and sportsmanship at all times, even when negativity isn't directed at us. So don't let them gas you up by saying you're great, but your partners suck. Don't get tricked into thinking that that's sportsmanlike in any way, shape, or form. And and this also, another point of that is don't care about compliments that they give you. I'm not saying to be disrespectful by any means. You can be respectful in thanking them or however you acknowledge them, but you should not care about their compliments. And if you don't care about their compliments, you're not going to care about their negative feedback. It's a two-way street. Just be down the middle. Just be in the center of the lane. Uh, one, yeah, please, please elaborate. I was going to say one of the things I love about one of the angles I love about this number 14, Paul, is if you do have to, like you warned white coach earlier last night, um, so many times, if it's directed at us, we have a natural emotional raise, emotion raise, which is sometimes tough to control. But if we can get a coach, I shouldn't say get a coach, but if we can address the situation when it's happening to our port partner, it's great practice and coming at it at a flat emotional space um, that can just apply the, the, whether it be the warning or the technical without feeling personally attacked. And I think that's a good practice space to be in that when we are attacked, we can learn to come at it at the same emotion. Right, and conversely, when we're not being attacked, we, have the, we take that deep breath like, Thank God it's not me right. <laughs> where, where that's not the right approach. It's not that. No, you should have that same. Maybe you shouldn't have the same same feeling, but we have to pull from both sides there and be in the middle. So a great point, Ken. I'm glad uh, we were able to expound on that. Can you do 15, Ken? Don't judge your you, your or your partner's calls during the game. Save that for the film review. The time to judge plays and learn from your games is during film breakdown. We use this time to learn and build confidence in our own abilities. During the game, however, don't judge their calls. Trust their judgment and focus on simply owning your primary and helping out in the secondary when needed. Let me give you a quick, uh, an easy tip here where I'm at mentally. I don't care what my partner's call. I don't care what they call. 
whatever they call is what they call. I'm just going to respond how, you know, effectively and, and, and move on and accept it. I'm not going to question them about it during the next time out. You know, we can maybe talk about it at halftime and, you know, as a <clears throat> part of a good conversation, but not me trying to educate them about what they did wrong. You know, so just being insular and focusing on your primary, whatever your partners call, that's what they call. Don't be emotional about it, whether positive or negative. You know, and that, and that comes in the form of not, you know, in your mind, you know, saying that, oh, terror, that's a bad call. It's a bad call or that's an incorrect call. Don't even go there. <laughs> um, number 16, give a good pass to the, give a good pass, excuse me, give a good pass. Oh, this is a typo. Give a good pass to your partner when you can. So pick up the ball if it's around you. Don't slap it away and give your partner a good pass. It just shows good teamwork, good cohesiveness, and it just looks good. Just looks good on film. Uh, shows you care about the game. So, you know, I'm not saying turn your back on the players and chase the ball into the stands, but passing your ball to your partners makes the crew look professional and unified. This can only improve our court presence and believability and make us look more cohesive as the best team on the court. Uh, Carmela, can you grab 17 for me? I got you. When a player or coach asks about a partner's call, what should we say? Coach, I wouldn't want my partner to explain my calls, so I'm not going to explain theirs. They will be happy to rotate over at the next dead ball and explain it to you. Coach, my partner had a great look at the play, and we're going to trust his judgment. Coach, I had the exact same thing as she did. What did you see? Which one would you say you've used most here? Or which one do you think is most effective? I mean, I know it's going to apply. I like I like them B. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach, my partner had a great look at that play. Now we're going, we're going to trust that judgment. Um, that That's one that I, it's, you know, I use those words here and about um, a lot. Coach, yeah, I, th- I think my partner was in a great position there. So we we got to trust his judgment. You know, you play around with it. It doesn't have to be exactly the way it reads on paper. You're going to adjust it. You're going to add your little phrases in there and switch the tones up based on that moment and the temperature there. So, Have um, you a C, too? Yeah, that I think we could use that when we're 100. You know, own that. If you're 100, you saw what your partner called and why, there you go. You can have their back there. Coach, I had the exact same thing. Defender lost their legal guard, guarding position when they moved forward. What did you see? Nothing. Um, and take the initiative. So, so here's our strategy when they ask about our call. Take the initiative as much as you can. And the opposite of that would be, uh, hey, hey, Paul, what, what did you, what did John call over there? Um, the opposite of that would be, oh, I'll get John right away. You know, that's a, that's a weak strategy. That's, I think that's just an old school thing we've done historically. And now it's like, all right, let's evolve a little bit more. Let's bring a little bit more to the table. Let's take a little bit more ownership of the crew. And back to, you know, our theme from earlier, just having our partners back. These are the ways we have it. 
it's great to say have your partner's back, but this is uh, this is us learning the the simple or not the simple ways the complex ways of the game in which we we can. Uh, eighteen. Um, Dominic, you want to grab eighteen? How to respond to hey ref, that's not your call. Offensive response. Coach, I would never tell you which players should be shooting or which plays you should be running. So please have the same respect uh, for my team. Defensive response. Coach, even though the play was in my partner's primary, I recognize that they didn't have a great look at the play, and that's why I called the foul. Another example of a defensive approach would just be simply asking them what they saw. Coach, I hear you. You could be right. Tell me what you saw. Why don't you give me your thoughts on the play? I'm happy to listen. <laughs> um, Dominic, would you think of A? Have you ever used that? I have never used A, uh, but I have used B before. So I think A really maps out that two-way respect and it gives them a little bit of perspective that they're tell basically telling us which plays to call so if we map out a scenario in the other direction i think it, it it helps them empathize with us yeah i think we've all used a just with different words i think we've all used it uh, like for me i would say instead of say i wouldn't tell you how to shoot like coach coach your team don't coach me or something like that, or um, another way do, to say it. You could do better than that. You could yeah, do better than that. Right. Like, it's just, I feel like everybody said it. it's just a different way to say it, like they said it. No, I'm saying you could do better than don't coach me, coach your team. Because I've said that before, and I, and I don't think it comes off uh, as, as effective. Right, it comes as, off as, as, as offensive. Yeah, it's almost like you're bringing the same energy where we want to we want to switch the energy up. You know, if they're bringing fire, we want to bring the ice. So, um, like you could again switching it up by saying, "Hey coach, I would never, you know, coach your team, so just do me a favor, please don't coach us. I got to focus on the game." Kind of softening. I call that like softening the hard language in there or the more forceful language like coach your team. We could just kind of soften that blow in a more articulate way I think it'll be better but I'm glad you stepped up there hopefully that helped um, 19 there is no failing only learning there is no failing it's only learning so the key is having the self-awareness and the emotional intelligence or EQ to recognize that all of the learning opportunities both on and off the court Maybe you didn't get the big game you thought you deserved or you didn't get hired in the conference you wanted. Turn this into a positive. You um, you have another year to train and get better. Next year, they'll wonder why they didn't hire you sooner. Um, share this tip the next time your fellow partner is feeling down about a play, a game, or their career. So just kind of being a leader and coaching them up when they need it. Sally, can you read number 20 for me, please? Sure. Don't be offended by anyone's critic, anyone's critique, or get upset when you disagree with someone. A, come into a discussion with an open mind. Be willing to have an honest discussion about your plays 
or your partner's place. And don't come into the conversation with your mind made up. Be honest with yourself and with others is how the officiating community as a whole gets better. I think it's a natural tendency for a lot of us to when people disagree with our decisions or how we live or what we say, you know, there's something inside of us that gets upset. And it causes us to go a whole different way with our communication and how we respond to them. So this comes down to just having super thick skin and being emotionally stable to take these blows that uh, the game kind of gives us. Um, got Alexander coming in. So I think this is a, a really big point, you know, just having the, the thick skin and the emotional toughness, the mental toughness to just be unaffected. I heard a really good uh, analogy you know, most people have an emotional bridge from them to other people and like the other people's judgment of them, whether it's positive, whether it's or negative, you know, you're the, you're a great call ref or that's a terrible call. Most people have a bridge. So I recommend that you guys destroy the bridge. Just destroy the bridge. Don't let anybody get to you. That's the name of this episode, Destroy the Bridge. Well, that I think speaks back to one of the elements of humility, Paul, um, because pride is the opposite of humility, and it's trying to possess our opinion and our perspective as ultimate, and humility really lets that go. Mm. If we can let that go, um, that I think allows us to enter into these discussions with uh, in the right space. Yeah, because we're removing our ego from the situation. You know, ego is something we all have. It's just a question of are you exposing it? So don't let anybody see it. Um, number 21, having fun is the key to doing a great job. Make sure your crew's enjoying themselves. We get paid to exercise on a basketball court and be a vital part of the game we all love. So make sure that you have fun while working. It allows you to become great at what you do. Tell jokes in the locker room. Be nice and cordial with your partners. Don't underestimate the power of good humor. You know, when I first uh, went back to grad school to get my master's degree in physical education, uh, I learned the biggest piece of advice from the first class I was at and probably didn't learn anything else after that. Uh, and it was, if you're, if you're having fun, you're doing a great job at whatever you do. And I'm like, wow, I get to have a career where I have fun, you know, being a phys ed teacher. And then with Crown Refs, you know, I try to make all of the content fun too. Like it's, it's educational, it's instructional, but you have to make the education fun. Um, so hopefully, you know, you guys are having fun with it and you can, get a sense of that because you know fun is interesting and when you're interested your your attention to detail is greater and you're entertained and you're in it you're in it longer so bring that same mentality to the locker room and enjoy yourself perspective hashtag perspective it's just a game i know we're all we're all in it deep and we love it but at the same time it's like i'm like yeah, it's just a game it's not that big of a deal and it makes it easier. 
develop younger officials, teach them the best version of what you know. Like we said before, sharing this content, sharing these discussions, and the takeaways that we all have every day. Was someone about to say something? Ken, you were about to chime in with another uh, great point. Not this time. <laughs> being a sponge, always being humble and coachable, back to the theme of hum uh, humility, recognizing that each member of the crew is getting paid the same amount as you operate as equal parts. So this will be really helpful for you guys when you're working with people that are way better than you right now, or at least you perceive them to have more experience or just a higher skill level. We're all getting paid the same. We're equals. That's it. No one is better than anyone else. The definition of humility is you don't go around thinking that you're better than someone else. So we just be humble no matter who we're working with. And this could be with the greatest partner or a partner that's a novice and is just starting out. Don't think you're any better than them either just because you have more experience. Again, these, these tips just make it easy. Just simplifies everything. Everybody's out here making things a big deal. Your veteran partners are carrying the same load as you during the game. It's not a 75-25 split, so come in the game and own your third. You know, don't go out of your way. Just if uh, you see a, a moment in the game that's a, a step-up moment, come and get it. Doesn't matter who your partner is. It's a simplified approach. Doesn't matter who the team is, doesn't matter who the coach is, doesn't matter who the players are, doesn't matter their talent level. Just control what you can control. How to motivate your partners and stay engaged during um, a long day of games. So here's, I guess, an AAU type tip. Focus on the positives of your life perspective and realize this is a blessing perspective and be, to be able to work the game. Have a big picture perspective during the micro moments of boredom and frustration. Boredom is just a mindset. Frustration is just a mindset. You're choosing to say this is boring when you could just think of something else, change the topic, change the, the topic in your mind. Uh, we get paid to exercise. Stop complaining. I'm really big on not complaining. doesn't mean anything it's just the counterproductive to your happiness and to being a great official be grateful um, because we're in good health and have the ability to run up and down the court and get compensated for it have that drive and passion for the game at all times so that's why when people are like how do you stay motivated I just go big picture on them and these are just the big picture things I think about that make that question very easy to answer so help instill these values in our partners by leading by example and making our actions louder than our words. Um, Carmela, could you take 24, please? Yes, sir. Being a great person comes way before being a good official. Officiating calls for us to be high character individuals and exercise precise and accurate judgment in all situations. Being the bigger and better person is always the right thing to do. That's the first thing I tell people when I'm uh, on a call with them about joining. You know, I say we're looking for high character individuals. We're looking for great human beings. We're looking for great partners. And it's like if they don't connect with that, then maybe this isn't the best best space for them. 
Um, so I think it's just really helpful to go that route and talk about these things just as much as we're talking about plays. Because they'll answer, I think, more questions than just talking about plays. Um, and we got one more, and then we could uh, answer any questions or find out some of your guys' difficulties with working with different partners. We have a couple things in the chat. Oh, comparison is the thief of joy. Carmel likes that. Having access to people that are smarter than you is a blessing, not a threat. Absolutely. That means you're smart when you surround yourselves with smarter people. That's why I'm with all of you guys tonight. I've heard it said that if you're in a room and you're the smartest person there, you're in the wrong room. Yep. Ken, why don't you take 25, my friend? Watching film will help you grow as a partner. When we discuss the benefits of watching film, we rarely list partnering as another skill we're working on, but we are. Here's why. Breaking down film provides an additional layer of learning because it's an opportunity to find ways how you could become a better partner in the different situations of the game. It's also a way to learn from our partners by observing both the good and bad habits that they present throughout the game. The next time you're reviewing your film, add partnering to the laundry list of things you're trying to work on. What do you think of that, Ken? I love it. Uh, I've got a, a couple partners that I worked some uh, games over the summer with that are both eager to, to grow and to learn. And one of them is a master at snagging things off of YouTube, uh, particularly on his phone. So um, when we were going over some key plays from the game, that's one of the things we talked about was who came in to get what, who had the better angle um, and just, I just love working with those guys. They're, 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 um, they're just really good officials and they're about serving the game. So I think talking, being able to talk at that level, not just about the call, not just about, you know, what we saw or what we missed, but how we're working together. So it was a good conversation. You know, and film can give us complete, kind of self-awareness about ourselves. And I don't think a lot of times we think of partnering as a way to grow from film, but it's a big time way to grow from film because you're also, when you're watching film, you're watching yourself, but you're analyzing your partners too. You're analyzing what you could do better. You're seeing mistakes that they make. You're seeing correct things that they do and just learning from everybody. So even from a posture and mechanics and positioning, you know, if we're just looking at ourselves, we're not we're not developing better habits necessarily. But if we can watch those others, especially people we know and trust and that are maybe better than us in some areas, I've learned a lot just about even, like I say, some, which posture looks better, which running style looks better, which positioning or moving around to get the right angle looks better. Just good stuff learning. Yeah. Um, I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear some takeaways that you had or stuff that stood out. Um, or just any questions you guys have for me about working with different partners. So, Connor, anything I can answer for you on this category? Uh, yeah, I would say a thing for me when I'm working with people, they, not all the time, but sometimes they see that I'm younger. And even though I'm starting to get the experience under my belt. They 
maybe not like look down on me, but feel the need to give me advice that is somewhat on a beginner level, so to speak. <laughs> okay. So how do you deal with that? How do you store it? Yeah. You... I mean, like just how do you be respectful to your partner's, even though you don't really need to like take that information in necessarily. Yeah, it's a great question. So you want to have like a filter in your mind and, and knowing which information to accept and knowing which information to simply discard in your mind. But in all of that, when we're speaking and, and interacting with our partners, um, we would just want to remember humility, right? So not coming off as not coming off as you knowing that the information is beginner stuff, right? Like thanking them. Oh, appreciate it. They're trying to help. Yeah, thanks a lot. Or posing a question to continue that conversation. Or, Taylor. Um, you know, you can play off that too. Like it doesn't have to stop there with what they told you. You can ask a question that maybe counter counter contradicts that or it kind of comes with a different angle <clears throat> but for the benefit of conversation not to just prove that you know it like let's start a start a thread ask them double click on something that they said you know or give an experience of what they did say to you and how maybe it could apply but just understanding the right people to take the information from and respectfully you know, listening and interacting with whoever it is. And that's going to take humility out of you because in your mind, yeah. you're like, all right, nah, I know this, bro. You know, like, yeah, obvious. Right, yeah. But respect and being the bigger person and being kind. That's why we talk about kindness. Apply that right there. I, I feel like sometimes um, when, when refs do that, um, sometimes they just like, they want to talk about something. They just want like kind of like your attention. Like I had a situation similar to that in a tournament that I worked a few, few weeks back where um, an older official just came and just said, um, I guess he didn't see like that. I did a, a 10 second count while there, while there were free throws going on. So he wanted to like, tell me, you know, give me advice on that. Like your 10 second count should be visual on the free throw. And, you know, I, I said, oh, thank you. Thank you for, you know, mentioning that. But what also I did was just kind of change the subject. Like I just, you know, started chit-chatting with him about something else because I really knew that like, he just wanted to talk to me, you know, he just wanted to, you know, discuss, you know, something. And so that's all he could come up with. Um, so I just, you know, changed the subject and, you know, just started like chit-chatting with him on a casual level. and that kind of built a better rapport, I guess. And he, um, he just felt more comfortable around me. You could see it. You're muted, Paul. Good self-awareness there to, you know, acknowledge their feelings initially, you know, gave them a compliment and then you just kept it moving in a respectful manner by starting another conversation.
Sally, I really liked your post um, on great partnering a few weeks back where you shared about the experience working with a negative partner. I've been telling a lot of people about that, about like each channel. And like, I just thought that was a great post in that channel. Could you uh, rehash that for us live here tonight? Um, which one was that? I don't remember mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly what I've had. I think I've it had might, two. It might've been in the mindset channel, but you, you worked with like a negative partner for 10 games and you just told us about how you kept a positive mindset and how like he really didn't want to be there. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, I just, um, I like to, I've always had the approach to like kill with kindness. Um, so that's what, that's what I try to do when, when I um, work with a partner that just, you know, has negativity in one way or another. Um, I just continue to, you know, try to contrast that with some sort of kindness, whether it be, you know, talk about basketball or non-basketball. I usually try to, I usually try to change it to non-basketball conversation to try to like, you know, get their mind off of the things that they're complaining about. Um, and maybe even laugh. Like there, there is a couple of times where, you know, I've worked with a, with a referee that's just so serious and like, you know, doesn't even crack a smile. And then eventually, you know, um, during our, you know, that type of conversation where I'm like, you know, changing the subject and, and, you know, trying to make them crack a smile. And I see it, I say, Hey, there's the smile. (laughs) You got a nice smile. There you go. And then they kind of, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, like, I really haven't smiled all day. And then they kind of lighten up, you know. So I think that was one of those situations in that in that occasion as well. Thanks for sharing that. I know I've been told that I need to smile more. I think that's something that we all kind of experience early in our career when we're feeling a little bit overwhelmed with how hard the job is. And we're, like, stressed about everything. But, yeah, I mean... You got to smile. You know, I, I feel like I have to find the balance between between acting, thinking like I'm the Kobe Bryant of referees and I'm just stone cold <laughs> versus like not taking myself too serious and just enjoying myself and visually, you know, smiling, enjoying myself or, you know, giving off that perception. So um, thank you for sharing that, Sally. That was great. Uh, who we got here? Greg? We got Greg here. Handy. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Thanks doing for doing great. And you? We're doing really well. Thanks for uh, joining. Did you did you just get here, or you heard a little bit of it? Yes, sir. I heard it. Any uh, thoughts or takeaways on some of the topics that we talked about tonight? Uh, I really like the uh, respect part. You know, respect goes a long ways um, because. Um, yeah, I was I was always taught, you know, your first impression is going to be your last impression. And I had a situation where I was doing the um, state tournament, and um, so one of the uh, other official approached me. You know, he was saying that, you know, he noticed that I wasn't doing my, um, my five. You're good. Go ahead. And uh, he said, you know, he noticed that I wasn't doing my five count. And so 
and uh, he was talking, and then when he stopped talking, I was getting ready to explain myself, and then he yelled at me. And immediately my uh, my uh, defense guard went up. And so what I did, instead of just, you know, reacting to, uh, to what he was doing to me, I just walked away because I was refereeing the game. And I didn't want that to take me out of my game or you know, my concentration or my focus on the game that I was about to go back out doing the uh, for the second half. But it did. It took me out of my game. And I lost my focus because the only thing I could think about another grown man yelling at me. And, you know, and the only thing I could think about was just, you know, getting back at him. But, you know, I didn't do that. So, and then um, immediately after that, after I finished my game, he had a game. And then, you know, the same person that was trying to tell me that I wasn't doing my five count, he came out doing the same thing. Of course he did. Yes. So, and, and, you know, that really um, upset me and, 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 you know, thank God that, you know, I had um, good patient, you know, and then, you know, from my military days, that really taught me great, a great, uh, a great deal on how to deal with situations like that. Thanks for sharing. So this was a state championship game and he decided to shout at you and he's a fellow official not even like an observer there, just a fellow official, and he shouted that you weren't doing your five-second count on at you on the court? No, it, we was in the, uh, we was, uh, you know, at halftime, we was doing our, you know, review of what, you know, what took place during the first half, and he came in there when we was doing, you know, myself and the other two ref, breaking down what we, you know, uh, did during the first half of the game and what we, you know, seen and what we could have called, what we missed, mm-hmm. you know, he came in there, and, you know, and it interrupted us. Right. So being the bigger person and not going the same route that they're going, you know, and just self-talking yourself in that moment, having the humility to not be offended by their actions and how ridiculous that they're behaving in that moment, you know, and not, letting it get under your skin and not taking it personal. Right. You know, just doesn't, doesn't mean anything that he said that you got to have the confidence. You got to have the confidence too, though. It's a, it's a confidence, humility, you know, split in the middle. Right. if If you had the confidence in that moment, you wouldn't have cared. And True. if you had the humility, you would you wouldn't have let that bother you. So, no, I'm I'm glad you were able to bring that up, and I'm I think it's helpful for all of us to kind of revisit these situations. Um, and again, bigger person type stuff. When you're the bigger person, then you don't react to negativity. You just respond accordingly. I so think that speaks. I'm sorry, Paul. Interrupt. Go ahead, Kim. I think that kind of segues or speaks to probably one of my biggest challenges in working with some partners. And we've talked about it quite a bit tonight, but when they come in with this, I mean, it's such a big ego. So what I, I love about Crown Refs and the culture that you're building, man, I, I honestly believe I could take the court with anybody on this, on this call or as a part of Crown Refs and just have a blast. And we would all learn and we would all grow and we would all serve the game well. But not everybody has that mindset. And matter of fact, in in our region, very few people have that mindset. 
and you're just bound to get a big ego coming on the court with you that thinks they have to prove they're going to be a great R and take over the court and command and control. And I mean, I'm a pretty decent sized guy, but that, that just doesn't come. That doesn't, that doesn't sit well with me. And yet I also just don't, I don't try to, I don't, I'm not able to, to counter it or to correct it in a, in a helpful, healthy way. And so it will often cause me to shut down. And uh, I'm still trying to, to work through that. Of course, that also comes into play when we've got coaches that are in our ears. But um, when it's our partners, it's tougher. I hear you. It takes practice. <clears throat> it, takes, it takes these conversations to, to have it, these thoughtful conversations. Um, but again, not being affected by anybody else's ego not being impacted by anybody else's actions. Why are we letting it get the better of us? What do you think bugs you most? I, I think for me, uh, not to get too weird about it, but you know, being a crew is similar to being married in the sense that we are one, right? We're trying to be a team out here. And there's a part of me, a part of my team, a part of my crew is being a jerk or not not being like I I would want us to be, and that's a that feels personal. Even though I'm working on not allowing things to be personal, uh, so I think that's part of it for me. Is you know, we're trying to we, we're we're on the same team here. We're trying to accomplish the same thing. Let's work together. And that type of partner is trying to go it alone. You chose your wife. The assigner chose your crew. So I want. Well, yeah, I realize there's a breakdown in that analogy. <laughs> so no, it's good. So this year, I want you to honestly have your biggest breakthrough of regardless who you work with, and I want you to you know come back in two months and just talk about how it's been easy for you, because it should be easy. I'm going to be honest with you. I think you're making it harder than it is. By the yeah, there's way. a bit of a mental block there that I'm yeah. overcoming. Well, I, I, I see it happening. I see you getting over it. So, I'll, you know, continue to text me and, and keep me updated with it. But, I mean, you got all the, the tools to do it. You've been dropping knowledge with us tonight. You know, you're talking it. You're talking Can I wear it. my hat on the court? I don't care what you wear. I don't care if you have a beard. I don't care if you got tats. I respect you, man. I respect you guys all, so. No, but what, what you said was uh, I appreciate, and I think we all know that if we ever work the games together and some of us on the call will or already have, yeah, we would have a great time and it would be an instant connection and we would be able to go into any any environment, you know, and go to war together. So that's what it is. So we'll end on that note tonight. Um, thank you guys for coming. Hope you picked up some, some good tips uh, about life about happiness and about this thing we call officiating and how to deal with any type of partner. So remember to be the bigger person and uh, remember to outvalue the people that we come into contact with because it'll make all your relationships better. So thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. Take care. Thank you for listening to the crown refs podcast. Serve the game.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're interested in joining our private community for officials and want to hear more details, we can set up a call. You can email me at crownrefs at gmail.com or you can text me 845-742-0834. Have a blessed day.